Hello and welcome to Boom, it's on the blockchain. We're here for another show. It's our 49th show. The big 5 O's coming up. You know, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. My, it's older than me now, you know. I'm the big 48 <laughs> this year, so it's uh, good to see we've passed my age, you know. So how are you today then, Gannett? Doing great. How are you today, Alistair? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, well, we'll just crack on with the show then, Gannett. I'll just think the first thing I'm going to do is bring in some of the key stories of the week. So I think one of the big ones, and this is what the title of the podcast was, let me just bring it into the show, the Ethereum merge. So give us a bit of background on what's actually happening here then, Garrett. Yeah, so this is um, this is very interesting. Basically, Ethereum, in, in essence, they're moving from a proof-of-work model for the creation of uh, new coins to a proof of stake model and essentially what that means is instead of having these miners the gpu miners you're going to instead have um people staking or they're putting up um i think 30 ethereum coins and then they'll get um essentially interest on those coins every year i think you know it's variable interest on those coins and uh this is pretty cool. It's something that, um, you know, people have waited for for a long time now. It's been probably since 2018, before 2018, maybe 2017, this has been talked about. Um, and honestly, way, way back to the beginning of Ethereum. And this is, uh, you know, it's finally happening, you know, the 15th of next month. The merge will happen, and uh, you know some people are speculating that um, you know there could be a huge rise in price of Ethereum. It could all collapse and go to nothing. There's a, a lot of speculation surrounding this event, and it's um, it's one of those things that it, it's um, you know I've, I've heard some people compare it to a Bitcoin halving, but it's not quite. Um, is similar to that because this is really something that's um, you know, it's going to happen once and uh, it either works or it doesn't, you know, the tokenomics of it either, it either works phenomenally or it doesn't. And potentially that could mean that a uh, fork is more successful or gets chosen over the, um, the main net, you know, the, their, the fork that they're trying to get to with the proof of stake, you know, the E 2.0 fork. So um, that's in a nutshell what this means. Yeah. So so let's let's just break all this down so people can understand, you know, what's actually going to happen. So if we talk about, you know, people have obviously know about Bitcoin. It's the yeah. major cryptocurrency. Ethereum came along, and it's different from Bitcoin because all the technology in the blockchain or the majority of technology of the blockchain is using the Ethereum network. So explain a little bit how that actually works, what the mining process for this Ethereum network is and why the CO2 emissions are high because of that. Yeah, that's um, a good question here. And, you know, a lot of people... You know, with this mining process, it consumes a lot of electricity. That's a, a big part of it. And, um, you know, people are um, setting up these, you know, tons of GPUs to to mine Ethereum. And uh, this is their essentially last month or three weeks to do it. Um, the, you know, after that, there will be um, 
kind of a pivot to um, the proof of work change. The, the, there's, a, there's a direct fork of Ethereum as it stands now that is already trading on some exchanges. There's also, um, you know, one thing that's really interesting here. There's also, um, you know, Ethereum Classic, which was uh, split off a number of years ago due to a massive hack that happened with the, with the DAO, which was the first one of the first DAO contracts. And, you know, it was a, you know, $50 million hack or something like that. And they forked the the network for the first time because of that, you know, it was, it became Ethereum classic, which is proof of work. You know, that's the, the only, um, uh, it's like the second biggest proof of work coin out there that's profitable. So if I had to guess, you know, this new fork, I don't think is going to, win a lot of the hearts and minds of, of the miners because it just it won't be profitable there's not um it doesn't have the listings you know some exchanges i'll get emails from exchanges saying they're trying to decide whether or not to list this weth pow or this ste a lot of these weird forks but I think that the default solution for these these GPU miners and also co big companies like NVIDIA and AMD that are their stock price is struggling right now because of this event. You know, they're not going to sell as many GPUs. This is the first time I can remember. I used to work in a computer store 10 years ago, and this is the first time I can remember you being able to go on Newegg.com, buy a brand new GPU at MSRP. And have it shipped to your door in two or three days. It's never been that case, you know, because they've been bought up for over a decade for Bitcoin mining, Ethereum mining, all the uh, script coins, you know, mining those. And um, now we're to this point where um, I really do think that there's a chance. And it's it's a weird kind of chance because it's, you know, going to mean that if they all switch to Ethereum Classic, you know, that coin could get dumped pretty hard. But... I think that there's a chance that that's um, that that becomes the the chain of choice here because it is proof of work, um, and it does provide the same opportunities Ethereum's been known for, which is you know they're only after profit, they're only after daily rewards and profit when it comes to mining, and that's what um, you know Ethereum Classic can give, and it has enough listings and has enough uh, you know years behind it to be you know a good solution here yeah they're, they're calling it proof of stake you know that, that's yep. what they want to call it so just why are they calling it proof of stake rather than proof of work then yeah well it's essentially meaning that you stake you know you lock up 30 ethereum coins which is i think around 50 60 thousand dollars and you're going to get interest on that you're going to get you know, five to 7% interest a year, which, you know, is all right. It's okay. And um, it's going to happen in Ethereum. Um, but, you know, the, the method here is that, you know, those rewards are the only, you know, the reward that five to 7% is the new mining. You know, that's how new coins are generated is through people staking. And um, it's, um, uh, a little bit questionable, I would say, whether this ends up working the way that they think it will work, because uh, I don't know of any other proof of stake coin. I think there's a, 
I think um, Binance is proof of authority, so you can't compare there. Um, but I don't know of any other proof of stake coin where it really worked out. Um, you know, it, just because it's Ethereum, it probably will. But um, there's, uh, you know, there's a big question here among some people, especially Bitcoin maximalists or, that are wondering, hey, will this even work out? Will it be a, a Luna situation? So... Yeah, well, let's bring in this article from The Guardian. So it, it's yeah. actually everywhere. If anyone just puts in Ethereum merge, there's so many articles in it. And so it's many huge. looking at the, the and be carbon careful emission. There's a, lot, there's a lot of speculation out there. Some people are saying, you know, Ethereum's going back to an all-time high. I just don't know that that can happen right now. But it might, you know, it very well might Um It'll, it'll take it away from because essentially Ethereum still follows Bitcoin. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no denying it. If you look at the cryptocurrency's valuation, and you look at all the other the altcoins, and obviously we don't say Ethereum is an altcoin, but they all follow Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin goes up, they all go up. If Bitcoin goes down, essentially they all go down. What's interesting about this article in the Guardian is that they say that Ethereum mining right now uses this, the same amount of electricity as Peru. Now, I've never been to Peru. Yeah. <laughs> place in South America. They always use places in South America to tell you, so you don't actually know yeah. what the electricity <laughs> is. But I basically, think I, I heard Austria, too. They said it uses more electricity than Austria or something like that. But so, maybe so, that was Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin was Argentina. Okay, so, yeah. They, they, always yeah. Just, they always just pick a country and they say, hey, yeah, yeah, they, they more can't, electricity they, than that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't want to say, wait a minute, does Detroit use more electricity than uh, uh, Argentina? But, you know, if you look at it here, so this article talks about the CO2 emissions and the carbon yeah. emissions from essentially Ethereum mining. But with this new Ethereum merge and proof of stake, they said it's going to essentially drop down to around... Uh, the same amount of electricity that 2,000 homes in America use. So this is going to be an absolute massive drop in terms of the yeah. electricity consumption. So people put that, you know, you're putting that in perspective. Now, if this works and it goes down like this, what's it going to do for all mining, for all other coins, for NFTs, for everything, got it? How is it going to change well, everything? Well, for, for the NFTs, the thing is, is that, that with the new fork, you know, the ETH POW fork or whatever that's going to happen when they do this split, the NFTs, they're going to, they're going to live on that fork too, so provided that miners support it. I just don't think the support will be there. I think the support will be for Ethereum Classic and because it's, it's far, far more financially robust. And um, if you go on any, you know, what to mine website, it will show ethereum and then ethereum classic and then sometimes you know there'll be one in the middle but it doesn't you know it's not even top 50 it's not even a top 50 coin so what's going to happen here is it's bigger than just the mining and it's bigger than um you know all the nfts and stuff will go over to you know ethereum proof uh proof of stake eth 2.0 but what i'm seeing is that I don't think NVIDIA and AMD are going to be able to bear the brunt of this. I think that you have two companies that are worth tens of billions of dollars right now. And I'll tell you one thing, that they're never going to sell as many graphics cards as they were selling in the last 10 years with crypto miners. They, you know, 
I, I, I like to play games on my PC. The only reason I even have GPUs in a gaming PC is because of crypto mining. You know, that's the only reason I have, you know, a, a couple GTX 1070 Ti cards from 2017 in my computer is because I mine crypto with them. And I'm like, well, when it didn't really work out, I made a, I gave, I made a gaming PC. And I'm like, okay, this is still pretty cool. But with um, those companies, they stand to lose billions of dollars. Yeah, there is some chance that the AI industry could pick up some of that slack, but it's not the AI industry would have to still grow to the level of the crypto industry. And you're never going to get just some teenager setting up, you know, graphics cards, you know, mind you dozens of teenagers setting up these graphics cards or begging their parents to buy them to mine, you know, do do AI stuff, which doesn't pay, you know, Um, I found it. uh, That was another reason I got into AI is because I had the cards from crypto mining and then I was able, I was able to use them to run stuff on my, computer um so there's a big question you might actually want to pull their stock prices up pull up amd and nvidia stock and you'll see what i'm saying it's already tanking um they've i think nvidia has lost 50 percent of its value already and it could mean another huge huge loss um, in their stock price when people just don't have to buy graphics cards anymore to to mine crypto Right. I'll let you pull that up because I'm somehow on you, uh, Yahoo right now. Uh, I hate okay. how Microsoft kicks you into Yahoo all the time. But if you think for people to understand that why is Ethereum so popular that, you know, so many of the new technology is developed on Ethereum. Nearly all the NFT platforms are running on Ethereum. So you see these platforms popping up everywhere. We're all making NFTs. There's all different use cases of them. And you know, 99% are coming out in Ethereum because it's the, the best one out there. So this is why it's uh, using more and more electricity because essentially this is the blockchain that's underpinning all the technology that's coming out. Yeah. What's, so. what's interesting is Garnet was saying just now with this proof of stake model that if we all, if this works, then it just changes everything in terms of that whole part of the industry. Now, I know there's like ADA, Cardano, there's other ones coming out there that people are looking at, but it could be a major blow to so many of the other um, blockchains and coins out there that are running different platforms on, because why would you not just use Ethereum going forward? It'll be a lot to do with the gas charges. So how's the gas charges going to be affected in this as well? They're not. That's actually one thing people think was going to change. It's not going to be affected. No. That's um that's the official word from the top is that the gas fees are not going to be affected. It's still going to be, you know, what they are. What are the gas fees right now? It's like a dollar eighty cents to a dollar to send a Ethereum transaction, and then the swaps are a little get a little expensive. You know, sometimes fifteen twenty bucks, but it's the best it's been. For a long, long time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Let me just add this to the stream for you there, Garrett. So, yeah. So you check this out and it's um, this, you look at what happened. Okay. 2018, it was almost 70 bucks collapsed, cut in half, cut in half to $33, almost 70 bucks, you know, it cuts it, cuts it in half. And this is really after, this is a year after stuff was it was over. I mean, 
you know, stuff really ended at the back here for the crypto mining profitability, but they ran until the end of the year collapsed. NVIDIA this year, you know, it peaked out at almost, you know, it was a little over 300 bucks, 315. It peaked out with Bitcoin, you know, at that almost $70,000 price. And now it's gone down, you know, to one point it was 158 bucks. That's, uh, that's a cut in half. And you have to keep in mind here that this isn't isolated. This is not isolated. If we go to AMD stock, it tells a similar story. You have to go to the big maximum chart and, you know, look at this. But how pumped up this stock was. And AMD was about to die back here. You know, they had seen prices. You know, I remember when they were getting big and, you know, around the turn of the millennium, you know, they had seen like a $50 stock price, but they were in a point down here where it was, it was a point of stagnation, but, you know, people started to mine, people started to buy these cards as a alternative to NVIDIA. And it pumped their stock price up to the highest it's ever been, $144. Now it's down 30% from that. It's down 30%. But if you look in the last five years, it's up 700%. It's one of the best investments out there. And it's starting to collapse. But now here's the thing. Unless, unless there is some reason past September 15th for people to buy graphics cards and know that they're going to be profitable – both AMD and NVIDIA will have further downside, you know, because people, you know, unless the only other industry I know of that could potentially pick up this slack and potentially show this kind of growth would be, um, would be the AI industry, you know, and that's a completely different uh, graphics card. It's a completely different architecture. And it's a completely different, you know, what you're after with an AI graphics card is different than a mining graphics card. And um, so they might have an opportunity to pivot their business model there. But um, it is very, very clear, I think, um, that they're going to have some problems. Yeah, because if everyone's buying the graphics cards for mining, and then yep. the, the money's going out of mining and it's just good. You'll just be Bitcoin miners left. And it's look at that 22,000%, 22,000% on an NVIDIA stock. If you would have bought this in 1999, 22,000%. It's mm. absolutely crazy. Even if we go to the five year, you know, 300%, that's still, you know, you could, you could have just bought NVIDIA stock and, you know, five years ago and probably got the same gain as Bitcoin. Um, so this is crazy. And, you know, half a half a trillion, half a trillion dollar market cap. And where is that going to go? I, I, I wonder. Um, I just don't think it's um, going to be sustained. And I think that could potentially impact the price of Ethereum, too, is, you know, when you're creating all of these jobs at NVIDIA in the factories at AMD um, you know, that gives you a kind of an, an edge. Um, but if you look here at Newegg, this is, has not been this way. RTX 3080. If I go here, you've never been able to sa save 11%. Like 
that's unheard of. I, you know, 10 years ago, I was working in a computer store. You couldn't even get the latest graphics card, let alone save 5% free shipping and have it shipped to you within days. And, you know, you're able to even get the good one. This was not this way even a couple of days ago when I checked this, um, you know, this was still going for MSRP. They hadn't put in the um, discounts yet, but you know, the 3080, you pay 800 bucks and you got a 3080 and it's, you, you get on the list. Some of these cards just, you know, a year ago, six months ago, a year ago, you would pay $5,000 just for this card right here on eBay. It, this, this thousand dollar card right here, you pay $5,000 for on eBay. And it, it reached a level of scalping that was, unheard of you couldn't get your hands on these graphics cards but now with everybody knowing that these do not have the value that they once did for crypto mining they've returned to msrp and sometimes you know they're going to discounts so this is the first time in 10 years the first time in 10 years you've been able to pay under msrp for a graphics card so um yeah that's amazing it's amazing how quickly things can change, you know. I'm just going to bring oh, yeah. up this other article that brings the stream as well, looking at the gas fees. So the average gas fee fell down to $1.57, and this is back in July. And that's the lowest since 2020, which is amazing as well. Because at one point, it was over $90 gas fees. You know, so it was amazing that you were going in trying to mint any tokens. The fees were so high. So explain to people, why does the gas fees move up and down and who benefits from the gas fees? Network congestion. There's some very good questions right there. Network congestion is the reason that these gas fees go up. The more people that are trying to conduct a transaction at once, um, that has traditionally required more miners to validate the transaction. So, um, you know, now... It will, you know, it's lower right now. There's not as much congestion and we are, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the fees traditionally went to the miners since the EIP 1559, I think it was, the fees had just gotten burned. So that's interesting. In Bitcoin, the fees always go to the miners. That's the model. Fees go to the miners. The miners validate the transactions. Here though, the... Proof of work and the EIP 1559 proof of work decoupled. They decoupled it from the, um, the fees. The miners don't get, if fees are high, miners don't benefit. You know, it's, it's the same. They make the same amount either way. And uh, they're, they're rewarded essentially from the protocol. But um, that's an interesting question for sure. Yeah. Some, some now they're just always, burned. Yeah. Somebody's always getting rich out of these things, don't they? So... <laughs> So yeah. let, let's just bring that back just now. We've actually got a comment coming in. There we go. It's from Eva Blaisdell, Lady Rocket. She's based out in LA. She's actually set up a crowdfunding company initially when I spoke to her a couple of years ago. This is the first time I actually heard from you in a while, Eva. So good to see you keep going. She was actually, there's if you go online, you'll see there's photographs with her with Elon Musk and uh, other people. But uh, what she's looking to do is... Uh, when I first met her, she was doing a crowdfunding project to essentially send people to the moon. 
Wow. And then, and then look at what she's talking about now she's doing. She's created a utility NFT token, token financing moon journeys in a space economy and looking for adoption. So, you know, it's, it's pretty far out there, but it just shows that what people are starting to do with NFTs rather than just the sort of bored ape chimps. You know, we had um, Principal Z last week talking about blockchain and education, and here's blockchain coming in with uh, the future space economy. So thank you for the, the comment. I'll just bring up another one just now as well from uh, Eva. Good to hear from you. <clears throat> I don't know if her hair's blue still, you know, it's just, uh, I think she changed the color since last <laughs> time I see her. <laughs> but no, no, we should definitely, I'll reach out to you after the show, Eva, and we'll get you to come on, because that's interesting, because it just shows people that's coming out there. And when she gets her first rocket, our um, Dave Rogers, our CTO at Zion, he's, he wants to book his space on there. Always been a spaceman, Dave. So if Dave, you're watching this thing, We'll book you on the first rocket. If it's successful, Garrett and I will go on the second one. <laughs> we'll have to make sure to return safely, you know, not just a one-way mission type thing. So that's good for the comments coming in. So as we crack on with the show then, uh, Garrett, let's have a look in terms of other news that's interesting this week. So let's bring it in. Let's see. Um... Can you guess what happened here? Where is this? I, I really can't. I mean, this is where is this? Mar-a-Lago. Oh, okay, I see it. Yeah, this is the Trump raid. Yeah, this is the Trump raid <laughs> coming in. So the Mar-a-Lago part of it. So let me. I'll just put it in like that. So let's. So give a bit of background to what you're thinking of what's actually happened this week. So anybody who's actually been on Mars or up in the moon probably aren't aware of what uh, Trump's been up to, what the FBI yeah. have been up to there as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually, um, I guess I'm pretty close to the Mars or moon because I, um, you know, I, I only heard about this, like I saw it in the feeds or whatever, and I just, I don't watch the news. I deleted all the news apps from my phone. <laughs> Uh, I, last one I had was Wall Street Journal, and I was just, I was done. It's just that barrage of, you know, they're trying to get you to stare at the TV or, you know, Ukraine yeah. was the last big thing that they used. But this, um, it seems like uh, I would say that there's a 50-50 chance that, you know, Trump knew it was coming or he egged it on himself because it's, it's publicity. It basically shows you know, like if he knew that like, oh, I've got like some sort of thing. If I tell him, if I tell somebody I've got this thing and then and they relay it back, um, then they're going to raid. They're going to have to come in and get it because it's just above top secret or whatever. They're going to have to come, come in and get it. That's the process, the due process that they have to follow. And what it will make me look like as Mr. Trump is, oh, I'm going to be all over the news again. It's free publicity. They'll come in and do it for me. It's the best headline. That's that's what I think this is. Is I think it's just a it's a quick publicity grab right before the midterms, and then he'll use it as a um, campaign springboard to say, "Hey, look, look at me! Um, you know they violated my my constitutional rights. Why wouldn't they come and violate yours? Um, you know, look look at this. They can do this to me. They can do it to all of you too." Um, that's the reality of it. And it is, there's truth to that. It's like, they, they don't respect any of the constitution anymore, unfortunately. 
Um, they don't respect it. They've, um, you know, they'll find some way around it. Um, some rationalization, whether it's saying that, you know, cell phones didn't exist when the, when the, uh, the framers made the constitution or assault rifles didn't exist when they made the constitution, they'll find a way, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, see, this is, this is a great article right here. Not to knock it, you know, there's merit from what I'm saying. It's like, okay, this is the first example for many people that, hey, if they can do this to Trump, they can come do it to you. They can do whatever they want. You know, it's, um, they, they, in the, in the, if you give them the right circumstance, they will rip the Constitution in half and just come in and do what they want. Um, so that's uh, very interesting. And they usually, the, the, the area they use is the, the probable cause because, unfortunately, the Constitution doesn't you know properly define probable cause that's actually in the hands of um the the judges to make you maintain the integrity of that and there was actually an interesting uh issue with the judge that signed off on the warrant for trump here um so there's a lot of interesting stuff i'm looking at it from an objectivist middle standpoint but i could see hey if you looked at it from a democrat standpoint you'd be like yeah you know better him than me you know or you know, or like, good, they should have done this. But um, it's important to see it from kind of the objective middle ground and see that, hey, you know, I hadn't heard about this guy since he left office. I hadn't heard about him since the insurrection January 6th. Now he's able to just use this as the, it's the greatest free publicity and he's going to be able to use it to obviously raise money for um, a 2024 campaign, which I don't think, I don't think is right for him. Um, I don't think it's right for America. I think, you know, somebody like Ron DeSantis would be better. Um, but that's not to say that it won't end up, you know, for the experience and intimidations purposes on the international stage, it won't end up being Trump. I think that there's a chance he could just win it again, um, based off of happenings like this. Yeah. And, you know, for anyone who sort of missed it, the they came in, it was like 19 months. So it's a bit of a long time waiting to go get yeah. this documentation. And anyway, he had the documentation hidden in his uh, basement, apparently. It wasn't hidden. It was classified, but he declassifies the documents himself. You know, I like how the president can declassify stuff, even if it's classified, as long as he declassifies it. Anyway, you've got to yep. wonder, you know, why are you taking box loads of documentation when you leave? It was a bit like, why did um, Hillary Clinton, you know, delete 30,000 emails? Oh, I was just tidying up my email database. You know, it's like 30,000 yeah. emails. It's like, what's going on with that sort of information, you know? She's come out with some clangers in the time as well. Remember the time she said she was taking the Bosnia and she was under sniper fire? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, the, the Secret Service, too. Oh, that was a good job, the Secret Service, flying into Bosnia under sniper fire. The Secret Service had to come out themselves and said, listen, there was no sniper fire. She went there, there was TV cameras, there was nothing really went on. You know, eventually she yeah. admitted there wasn't, but it sounded good, you know, under sniper yeah, it sounded fire. Good. They, they like that. They like that when they're running a campaign and, oh, you know, they're able to be a hero. And... So, so yeah, the money amazing. raising. Yeah, so he, he's basically, Trump raises when he's on right now, but $200,000 a day in political donations from his backers. Because of this, he bombarded them with uh, up to 100 emails since the start of the week. 
So that's how much additional emails he sent out. That's 100 different emails. And it's increased his uh, donations to over a million a day from his base this week. Wow. Yes, that's, that's, imagine a million a day. And people think, oh, Trump's stupid. He's making a million dollars a day, you know. There, there's no cost yep. to that. <laughs> it's just it's they're making just, a million dollars a day. He's and he's, he's maintained these rallies throughout the um, you know, throughout his downtime. And really, what it is is I, I see him trying to do something similar to what Putin does. To be honest, which is Putin, there is a term limit on Putin. I think he can have two consecutive terms. Then he has to switch. No, no he, he does changed that. It. He changed it. He, he, changed oh, he finally rules. changed it. Yeah, he's yeah, going to be, he had be to, president for life now. <laughs> yeah, he used to have to switch like president that Z. guy. We've, cha- we've yeah. changed Yeah, he switched it, but then now he's got back and he changed the rules. And President yep. Z in China, he changed the rules as well. So they, they can yep. be presidents for life now under the new rule. Yeah, and and that's what I think this. is... Yeah, that's what I think is a, a little bit dangerous from the, the Trump angle because he mentioned something about wanting that one time, but... Uh, it's yeah, uh I think yeah president for life I think um it would be probably better if we just had somebody new I you know but as far as the intimidation in the world stage you know because we need intimidation to deal with these guys that are president for life I think Trump's perfect for that he did a perfect job um you know internationally you know intimidating guys like Putin or president Xi because, you know, they question, hey, maybe this guy would do it. Maybe he pushed the button. I don't know. And it's a good question for them to have in their mind. But with a DeSantis, I just feel like um, he would be good domestically. He'd be great, great Yeah, um, he's not domestic. got the baggage as well. You know what I mean? It's something yeah. new, which is always good. You know, it's just I like- just think that a lot of the reason he's popular, I was in Florida during the COVID times. It, it seemed like he just kind of looked confused in every headline I would see. He he would look very confused and just out of place, but he just kind of like he had a choice whether to lock it down or not lock it down. And he just was like, uh, don't, don't do it. You know, and the opportunity landed on his lap with COVID and everybody likes him because he, you know, made the decision to not keep the lockdowns in place and open things up again pretty quickly. And in reality, it was nowhere as quick as Texas, but it was still, he gets a great reputation for that from the tourism industries, you know, and everybody, you know, adores Ron DeSantis, but the reality of it is it's not because he's a good leader. It's because he had this opportunity landed on his lap and he just made the right decision. And then, you know, had he made any different decision, it probably would have ended for him like Newsom, you know, with a recall election and, you know, just, hell and hot water but you know you made the right decision so and, and newsom's managed to ride that out as well you know so he's now yeah yep. and, the, and the, he's positioning himself to run for president as well yeah I, I think he's taking adverts uh, in texas he's doing adverts he's using taxpayers money to do adverts pushing his agenda into florida Yep. So, and That's, then you've got DeSantis uh, on the news talking about his adverts. You know, it's not going to be long before we get DeSantis. But in a way, I think that's better. It's better than having Biden Trump too. You know, or yeah, it's, Clinton Trump too would be even worse. It's a bit like Rocky Four. You know, when you had uh, Ivan Drago versus Rocky, it was great back in the day. And they're both in shape compared to 
yeah. like Trump and Biden. You know, I mean, let's be realistic. If you go online and Google Sylvester Stallone, you know, this guy, even though he's the same age as these guys, is still ripped, you know. But yeah, and rather than then, if you saw Trump when he was at the Saudi golf tournament where he's like, um, you know, when he didn't have his makeup on, he just looked absolutely terrible. Looked terrible, looked fat yeah. and bloated, really bad. And you're just thinking, is this what you want? An 82-year-old guy versus an 80-year-old guy, two old white men fighting it out again in America. And I, I think most people don't want it, but Trump's going to keep pushing it. You know, if he's making a million dollars a day from his base, you know, he's going to be loving this. You know, let's just keep pumping yeah. this information. And then the news companies like it too, because suddenly CNN viewing figures were down. You know, no one went to CNN anymore. You know, the left have they've got yeah, a hate it's, figure, it's but now they've got the hate figure. That, that, that they they make yeah the media makes all this money off it and i i think that they honestly kind of like the idea of an old president too because if you had somebody that just flat out passed away of natural causes in office that's a big headline yeah oh, <laughs> you know plus like, it's, they know that Trump's going to bring them bring them viewers it's as simple as that yeah you know? so it's yeah, suddenly and, your you advertising know, goes up it's just like, you know, he comes out and says everyone, all the news companies advertising has just been gone downhill since he was there. But he's right. Because every morning yeah. he would get on Twitter, you know, five o'clock, bowel movement, does a tweet, you know, just something outrageous. But like Andrew, the guy Andrew Tate, except it's like he's got a bigger yeah. following. So he does this. Yeah. He's president, saying something outrageous. And then it's, on, it's not only on here, news channels here, it's all over the world. You know, it's just like Absolutely. everyone's looking at that thing. And then we're discussing this tweet. We're discussing what will happen with this tweet. We'll do all that. <laughs> and then the next day, it's a new tweet. And then we're all back on it again as well. You know, it's just yeah. like we're basically whatever this guy puts on Twitter, everybody's coming. So as we, we march on, we can't not uh, bring it. We'll have to bring up the other one that's uh, obviously key in terms of the big article this week is Biden's Inflation Reduction Act promises tax credit and new use of electric vehicles. So he managed to get a bill passed through everybody. So I, I, I think he was what I remember hearing about this too, is it was like a Trojan horse to just add more taxation and stuff too, which was. Um... Well, it was actually, it's if you, if you actually look into the bill itself, there's actually nothing to do with inflation reduction. It was just oh, like, yeah. it, was, it was nothing to do with that at all. It's a bit like the, the War on Drugs Act. Did it actually help with the War on Drugs? No, it didn't. You know, the War on Terror, no. did that stop terrorism acts? No, it just meant a trillion, well, trillions of dollars in military spending, you know, trillions of dollars in uh, FBI, CIA with the War on Drugs. And now we've got the Inflation Reduction Act. And there was even some professor who was one of the lefty universities. He actually came out and said, it's actually nothing to reduce inflation. You know, he's just basically writing another six, seven hundred billion dollars. And it should be about renewable energy switching to green energy. It was actually the act. And I was actually looking at the article there. You know, everyone can get a seven thousand five hundred tax credit on an electric vehicle. On the same day when this got approved, Ford have put up their prices for electric vehicles by eight thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> so, wow. so Fords are super happy with this one coming through. And then again, it was to do with this build back better. 
so that was actually the, the original act it was going to be 1.8 trillion that they tried to pass and it never got through the house. I don't know if people realize that. And that was all to do with us switching the grid over, removing to renewable energy. So essentially this act, even though they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act, is the same act. It's the same information. If you really want to go into it, like how does the Inflation Reduction Act giving people $4,000 tax break on buying a renewable energy, you know, uh, electric vehicle. It doesn't make any sense at all, you know, and if they actually go into it, there, there, there's nothing that's going to actually reduce inflation in any way. And traditionally, it's all about electric vehicles. You know, there's very, very little about um, what's actually happening, you know, and then you come back through, it's all to do with National Highway, it's all to do with, it includes, look at the increase immediately and all the car dealerships, all their short share prices went up when this got signed. You know, they're, they're yeah, talking about Ford, they're talking about Tesla, they're talking about Chevy. They've all gone up on the basis of Love the quote act. there, 70% of currently available electric vehicles wouldn't be able to even access the credit. So it's, yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll stick to... You know, I'm gonna stick to my gas-powered car for now, but maybe there's something. Um, oh, as they the become more like computers, would... yeah, yeah, they'll just get cooler and cooler. You'll want to switch over. You know, the big thing was there were going to be slow electric vehicles, and suddenly Tesla comes along, and these things are like super rapid. Now, all the sort of uh, you know your meat heads, your engine heads, the guys that like the big uh, gas guzzlers, you know, they didn't like these cars because the acceleration was slow. But now that acceleration is faster, it's like, well, I want one of these things. I want the fastest car yeah. on the road. So suddenly we'll start yeah. switching over. And then because there's no engine in them, and it's just a battery, we're going to get all sorts of weird shaped cars as well. I saw the latest Tesla one that's going to be coming out that you can actually change the color of your car on a daily basis. It's just like uh, <laughs> you just go in and choose the color and it just makes the color of the car go down like that, you know, just like a sort wow. of a spectrum. Yeah. So they've got, I don't know how it works, but it's like a spectrum of colors. So you can basically wake up in the morning, you can choose whatever color Tesla you've got. So that'll be the new one where you don't actually have to, uh, you can choose any color. You can change your mind. If it's raining, you want to change this color, that color. At night, you can switch to this color. Pretty cool, you know. So Elon Musk yeah, just keeps pushing things, pushing the boundaries. And, you know, as people come in, they want to do this. But but this is, this is just marketing again. The midterms are coming up. You know, I want to bring inflation down. It's it's come from like 9.1 to 8.5%. You know, traditionally inflation was actually B annually, but now the Democrats yeah. have made it to monthly. It's zero. <laughs> it's zero. It's come down. But we're not talking about food because food's still at 13.1%. You know, the UK, they've just announced inflation at 10.1%. So Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes because I know I look back in the 80s, it was like the 80s was a prosperous time. It was like 13%, you know, and uh, they eventually got it down. But I think yeah. this time, if you if you read a lot of the Ron Paul stuff and subscribe to that, and you look at what Ron Paul's been saying for almost 20 years. Yeah, it makes sense that I think I, I think this time might be different. I think that we've run up too much debt. Yeah. Plus it's, again, it's the price of goods, you know, yeah. for how it, accept, it affects people. How does it affect people at home? Where's the inflation risen? If food's gone up 13%, that's what they're saying in the last month, 13.1% food. 
And it used to be based on bread and milk, you know, basically it was like your basic commodities, your food commodities, what's the inflation of that? That's 13%. So if you've got a job that where you're uh, required to drive there, so your gasoline charges have gone up a lot as well. They're up more than 13%. They're up 500% if you look back to 2020, Garrett, you know, but we're all given a big pat on the back because it's come down. Now I get it. We were on lockdown then. But 500% is still 500%. Now, if you think of how inflation went up in the past, it all comes down to government spending. So if the government are spending essentially best part of an additional $700 billion, you know, how is that going to reduce inflation? I just don't see it myself. I don't see how that's going to reduce inflation. And again, why did they not just come out and say what it was? You know, this is, we should have called it the Switch to Green Energy Act. You know, and everyone would be, yeah, that's good. Okay, it costs us a little bit more money. In the meantime, I've opened up oil and gas drilling back in the US. It was a big thing came out this week, which was a smart thing to do. It's like we, should, we shouldn't basically say Biden's actually gone out there. He's gone over Saudi Arabia. He's got the, met the prince. We did the fist pump. You know, he released an extra 400,000 barrels out there. That's brought sort of um, reduced gas prices down here as well, which is great, you know. So gas has come down like 40, 50 cents. And now he's uh, increasing domestic production. So we can, uh, again, replenish the strategic reserves, which he wants to do right now. That's a good move. You shouldn't bash the guy for making a good move. And then he comes out yeah. and he wants to put this bill through. I think if they, if they want to switch to renewable energy, we've got to rip up the grid. We need a new grid system that's not based in fossil fuels. And it all has to do with, we're all going to switch to electric vehicles, the electric charging stations, everything that I'm switching into there as well. I'm going to spend $700 billion redoing all the roads, making it electric vehicle friendly, making it so we can go to autonomous vehicles. That's a good oh, yeah. thing. That's like, and yeah, that I to think, me, um... if he came out and said that, that would be great. But it's like, who's advising him in terms of marketing? Because he wants to push, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. It's like, doesn't even make sense, you know? It's the Build Back Better Act, but rather than 1.8 trillion, it's 700 billion. So it actually will reduce inflation because he's going to spend basically a trillion less than he originally promised. So maybe maybe there is some truth in what he's saying, got it, you know? We've got to hold him to that as well. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. Right, we've got one other comment coming in. Let's see. Oh, it's a Jeremy Bruce coming through. No thank you in switching to electric vehicles. <laughs> Brilliant comment, you know. Well, I've well yeah, my... I would have thought about it if they would have stayed reasonably priced. But, um, yeah, yeah, like... yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm it's fine. Not... <laughs> well, I've still got my Honda CRV. 306,000 miles, yeah. everybody, you know, so it's just, yep. it doesn't have a, AC only works up to 80 degrees. So it's not good to go in the afternoon <laughs> around San Diego. <laughs> yeah. The, the I can attest to that, that, that the AC, yeah. <laughs> you got to get the Freon recharge on that or something, man. Cause we, when we went to get Mexican food, it was, that, uh, that thing was hot. <laughs> it, was, it was hotter than outside basically, you know, you're sweating yeah. going in. That's why I've lost so much weight. I've got my own, uh, sweat box that I drive around here in the afternoons, you know. <laughs> My mechanic yeah. rule says, listen, it's California, just wind down the windows. Yeah, but it's it's a hundred degrees outside and a hundred and five in the car. It's like, what do you do, yeah. you know? So it's it. But I'll tell you what, 
costs me nothing every month, so it's perfect, you know. And uh, 300,000 miles, I'll just keep chugging along with the old Honda CRV. Big, big up for Honda, you know. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, all those so, things last forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. So, so anyway, that's a great way to finish. Thanks very much for Jeremy. We're, he's not switching to electric vehicles. You know, they're going to have to bring the prices <laughs> down for uh, Garrett and I to do it. Unless they give everyone a free one, then we'll all switch over, you know. I'll switch for free. You give it to me for free, roll it up on the driveway. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. That's it. a big winner in case he wins the next election, <laughs> Biden. I'll give everyone a free electric vehicle. How's that sound if you vote for me? Oh, yeah. We'll vote it's in like Oprah. Well. Look under your yeah. seat. Look under your seat. There's a free car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's It'll what she's that got to do. She's got to run. They've talked about her running for president. She should run and do the car trick. Oh, for yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. She, she could take on Trump. I, when she was thinking of running, Trump was uh, worried for that, you know? So it's yeah. like they need another TV personality. But he's good compared to Biden. But I don't think he's good compared to other yeah. people. You know, he's just not as sharp as he once was. That's that's for absolutely for sure. And, then, and yep. Biden's sort of dottering around right now. It's just it's not good as well. Yeah. Even when he signed that bill, I saw it was all on Twitter yesterday. You know, he's looking to fist pump people and then he fist pumps the same guy twice. <laughs> so the guy fist pumps him and he goes around and then it, the guy and then he's going and he's got his hand out to fist pump him. I said, you've just you, you just fist bumped me like four seconds ago, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's the, the president of the free world. So anyway, good for him. He got the bill through. We'll see if this Inflation Reduction Act gets going. If it's going to follow the war on terror or the war on drugs, then it might not have the same effect and inflation could increase, but you never know. So thanks again, Garrett. That's been great. You know, appreciate the time again. Thanks to Another everyone good out one. there. Yeah, let's uh, let's get Eva on with her space token. That will be yeah. great. You know, Jeremy keeping it real for everyone out there as well. No, He's not switching to electric vehicles, either Garrett and I at this moment. Okay, thanks very much. You've been watching Boom, it's on the blockchain. Have a nice day.